Hey, everybody. Uh, Roadwork, after all these many years, has finally come out with a, a, a merch selection. We have two shirts available that I think are both really cool and in some ways maybe the coolest merch of any thing I've ever done. Cooler than most Long Winters t-shirts. Wow. Cooler than any shirt or any piece of swag I've ever produced. I love both shirts. And um, one of them is definitely like a, a, a shirt only for us here at road work. The other one is, you know, like a shirt that would just be cool even if nobody knew what it was. Right. Actually, they're both, they're both super cool. Even if you don't know what they are. <laughs> uh, so, um, anyway, I'm really proud of it. And this represents many, 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 many months of trying to convince Dan and coerce Dan <laughs> right. into making some merch. And we had, <laughs> we've had we had a lot of good merch ideas, and Dan has rejected them all for one small niggling reason or another. Uh, but he finally agreed on a design and a, and a, uh, like a concept and a, and a production of it. And it's real. It's live. So get it, get it before Dan shuts it down for some strange reason (laughs) that no one can explain. Buy these shirts. It's, I think, I think, am I right, Dan, that if you buy them soon, they, they will arrive. I, I'm not sure. I don't, I I hope so. I talked to them about it and they said, well, you know, maybe. So I don't really, I don't, I don't want to promise anything, but that, I mean, I just want people to get these in their hands as soon as possible. That's my, my hope is that they'll be there and, you know, at this point, will they get there by Christmas? I don't know, but they get, they're going to get there soon. And you know what? It's Christmas whenever you receive a Christmas gift. So even if they're not there on the 25th, John, I think it still counts as Christmas. All right. Yeah. So, so th- we partnered up with my friends over at meh, meh.com, M-E-H, meh. meh. Now this is not an advertisement for meh. So don't get confused. This is not a sponsorship. And, and by the way, shame on them for not sponsoring. But those guys are great. And I've been friends with them for a, for a long time. And they have a company that they launched called, <laughs> and they have the best, the best names they come up with. The company that they came up with is called Mediocrity T-shirts, T Mediocrity. That's clever. So it's that's it, clever. It's spelled media, M-E-D-I-O-C-R-I-T-E-E, mediocrity.com mm. slash roadwork. But I'll put that in link in the show notes and we'll be tweeting about it. But this is where you go to get the shirts. They're making the shirts. They're going to ship them out. They've got a whole streamlined production for all of that. And you can get both shirts there. There's the awesome one uh, of, of John sitting on his truck playing guitar, having smashed into the roadwork sign. And then there's the amazing uh, Going Places gang uh, ringer t-shirt, just like we had in the seventies and eighties. Uh, the only kind of t-shirts to get were the ringer ones. So I think people need both of these shirts. I think so too. But, uh, and I think if you, if you wear, if you rock that going places gang Mm t-shirt out in the world, Mm -hmm. uh, you will be a true star. And, and, uh, it's not, there's no further explanation. Is there? It just says going places gang. That's it. So it could really mean anything, uh, except those of us in the know will know that you're now a member of the Going Places gang. That's right. That's the only way to be a member is to get the shirt. The shirt. That's the only get way to the get the shirt. In yeah. So go get these shirts. We've waited a long time. John's right. I've I've been very difficult about making this happen because they had to be perfect, John. They had to be right 
they had to I be perfect. So I know they did. I yeah. love these. They're doing a great job of making them. I've already got a bunch of shirts from them, uh, from mediocrity that, that, so I know that these are good quality shirts. They're great. They're going to do an awesome job. I want everybody, every listener needs to go get one of these things literally. And, and, and all the good listeners need to get to. So with that, the URL is in the show notes. We'll also tweet it mediocrity.com slash roadwork. Go check it out. And uh, so proud of these things. And I want everyone to get one. So thanks everybody for doing that. And, uh, and on with the show. Yay. Hello. Good morning, John. Thank you for, uh, for rescheduling with me. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's early. It's early, early for you. For it's me. like, this is like, this would be like 3 a.m. for me, I think. Yeah, I didn't, um, I didn't find it easy to go to sleep last night. Why? Because you were so worried about giving a good performance on the show so early? That and, uh, and my little girl was barfing. Oh, she no. was up barfing. Yeah, up barfing uh, all night, all night barfing. Oh, no. What? Oh, that's the worst. Well, yeah, it is. It is. She's not, uh, she's a trooper and she's not really, um, she's not really much of a barfer. So something's going around the school. Mm. Just, just hopefully, uh, hopefully she didn't spread that plague to everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. Inshallah. Uh, but, uh, but that's just the, you know, the ins and outs, the pros and cons of hitchhiking, you know? Yeah. Um, so uh. it just it just occurred to me, you know, every every time we do uh, this this program or really any of the programs I do with people that are located somewhere else, uh, we use a uh, voice over internet protocol. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one, this particular one, is owned by Microsoft, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, is that are, true? You are correct. You are correct. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's not, it's not the, it's not the greatest product, but, uh, but it, but it seems to function and, um, and it has a ringtone mm-hmm. when the phone rings that's got like a boots, 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 backbeat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> bing, ding, 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 boom, ding, 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 and, uh, and I, 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 I'm just wondering, it just occurred to me this morning, listening to it, um, why, why they chose that, why it's not just a standard, like, right. It's a regular or, old ringtone or something. Yeah. Like who composed that, that little piece of music. Right. And like, and, there was, there was a person who was hired to do that because it's not just, that's not just the developer cobbling together a couple different sounds. That's like a, like they made a song, like someone was yeah. hired to make a song and they made the song and they, they made a catchy little, little jingle. Right. But I guess my, I guess I, you know, I love the, the, whoever it was that designed it and, and whatnot, but, but somewhere there at the headquarters of this company, um, someone was put in charge of that project. The like, let's, what, what's it going to sound like when, when people call one another and that person was like, well, I don't want to have it just go boop or beep beep or whatever it is. The millions and millions of other company sounds. I don't know millions. Probably not millions. Mm-hmm. Probably I'm. It's very early. I've had a couple three hours of sleep. 
But let's say how many different ringtones from the very beginning, from the first, what would have been the first ringtone? There was, there was a ring. There was an initial ring. How far back do you want to go? I mean, are you going back to like, you know, the, um, the origin of the telephone or are we just talking cell phones? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the thing is, I think of a a telegraph, Mm -hmm. for, for a telegraph to signal to the telegraph operator that there was a message coming in. It just started to go right. Beep, 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 beep. You know, it, it didn't have like a bing bong mm-hmm. or anything. It just, it just, the telegraph just started operating and the telegraph operator had to run over and put on their green eye shade. But Alexander Graham Bell presumably put the first little ding on a phone. Yeah. You know, I, I'm assuming to, he did it. I'm I actually I'm reading an article right now on Wikipedia co- about ringtones. Okay. To see if I can find any valuable information in here. All um, right, okay. Good, good. And there's a lot uh, there's a lot here. This is a surprisingly long article on this. <laughs> I mean, well, it's I'm many pe- pages uh, talking about the history of it and you got to you got to assume it, all the European countries they all had different ringtones or rings I guess we would have called them rings mm-hmm. is what we would have said but but for a long time they were mechanical bells you know and then they became sort of digital bells little little eight bit um, tiny little speakers that had some kind of beady 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 sound mm-hmm. and now you can pick you could have David Lee Roth go. You sounded just like him there. <laughs> because because I, I know that for a fact, because Eric Corson had David Lee Roth as his ringtone. Mm-hmm. My ringtone, I don't let my phone ring, so I have no idea what it, what it would sound like if it did ring, because I keep it muted all the time. I don't want my phone to make any sound at all. The mm-hmm. last thing I want out of my phone is for it to make noise. But what, even with a text, how do you, know, how do you get texts from people? I do not. I, I I look down at my phone often enough that if a text has come in, I I notice. I have a little notification symbol. But sometimes, like for instance, when I'm texting you, you're you're a millennial, Mm-mm. and you do that thing. I'm, I've, hold on, I've hang just, on, I, hang on. I'm not though. Yeah, pretty much you are though. How do you figure? I've, I've chastised you many many times. Do not send me 15 texts in a row. I don't. And I you stopped. Go, and you go, I know, I know. But yeah, and you did. You did stop it. Mm-hmm. It's been wonderful. It's an example of you being very responsive. Mm-hmm. But but left to your own devices, you will send 15 texts in a row that are like, hey, man, send. What's going on? Send. Mm-hmm. I was just thinking, send. Right? And well, you're, you're exaggerating, those, but yes, you're all right. <laughs> Every every single one of those would make a sound. It would make a sound. That's half the point. That's John. That's half the point why I do it. (laughs) I'm trying to get your attention because I know you're probably you know (laughs) sleeping or something. I don't know. Yeah, and I see. I can't live like that. I just can't live like that. I can't even have them buzz because if they buzz, like I'll be doing something, and all of a sudden my phone, like, because I'm on some text threads with people where there's five or six people that all have something to say all at the same time, mm-hmm. your phone's buzzing 
No, no, I'm thinking. I'm doing something else. I don't need that. So I just let, I just let, and oh, and the thing about emails is I don't even have notifications turned on. I, there's not even a, uh, I don't even get a little red dot on the app. I just go check the email periodically. And uh, if there's an email there, then it was meant to be. Whew. Oh man, so early. Mm. Have we been have we been doing the show for a while? Anyway, I feel like the <laughs> I feel like they've chosen their at at Microsoft uh subsidiary. Mm -hmm. They've chosen this ringtone and they're committed to it. I don't think this was the original sound when we first started using this. No, program. it definitely wasn't. wasn't. It definitely wasn't. Um yeah, there there were um, at least two others before that. Oh, is that right? At oh, you've been I, using gonna, this program. For a long time. Yeah, I've been using Skype for a long time, and I was, I remember. I mean, maybe I'm remembering this wrong, but I remember it being a ring a long time ago, and then it became music, and then the music was a, like an older version of the song that that exists now, and then they there was this big thing that happened that a lot of podcasters were unhappy about because we used to have a version of Skype. Let me see what version it is now. So now it says it's version 8.53.0.85. Yeah. And it, but that's, I just got the version. I just got a thing that says a new update is available and it will automatically update whether I want it to or not. But there was yeah. a version, I want to say it was either three or four, but there was some older version before they changed the look and tried to turn it into a, 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 you know, I don't know, a Snapchat competitor or whatever they think it's supposed to be now, where oh. it, 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 mm -hmm. looked, it looked like a Mac application. It was very stable. Well, I don't mean it was very stable. It was more stable and, you know, it was just fine. It just worked. It did its thing. It was fine. Yeah. And Didn't it was more it was fine. basic. It was basic. And you could like make calls and do basic chat with it before they did. Like right now with this version, I see the Skype window. I see a huge window. I'll t I should take a screenshot of it. There's a huge window that takes up about a third of the screen. It's completely blank except a circle in the middle that has a picture of you, your avatar, which is you playing guitar. There's me. My avatar in the upper right-hand corner, and then the big-ass Skype you. logo in the bottom left corner, and that's it. Talk about a horrible use of space. What a stupid use of space. And the controls for the call aren't visible unless you mouse over it. Why? It's a computer. Yeah. Why must I mouse over it to see that we've been talking for 10 minutes and 17 seconds? Why is there a link to something called gallery? I don't want to see a gallery. I want to talk to you and hear your voice. Then there's a, a, a thing that lets me take a snapshot of the screen. There's three dots for more options that allow me to share the screen. That's fine. I understand they want to add features to it. But why do all those things go away when the mouse isn't over the thing? That doesn't make any sense. It's so stupid. So I clicked on gallery and it says drop images here to share. Mm -hmm. It's empty right now. Yeah. Photos and videos shared in this chat will appear here. So this is for people who are using this program who want to share videos mm -hmm. and and pictures. Mm -hmm. Now, when I'm usually on these uh, calls and someone that I'm talking to, like, for instance, you or Merlin, 
Uh, when you want to share a photo or video with me while we're on the call, what do you do? You, you text or email those photos or videos to me, and I can open them in those programs, and, and we're still talking in yeah. this program. Yes. So you would never want to send me a video or a photo within this application. Would you? I wouldn't be able to, then I would have to, it would be an extra step for me to save it mm -hmm. on my computer rather than have it arrive in one of the two communication programs that I use where I would have the, where I would have access to the thing even after I quit this application, which really should just be doing one thing. Yeah. That's how I feel about it too. Oh, it's got a camera in this app. You can take a snapshot. What are some of the other, oh, now, see, now I've done that. I can't, I don't know how to navigate back to where I was. Uh, chat. Yeah, I chat guess. Is, chat is the typing one because you can, you can I, chat each, each other. I guess that makes sense. This is the thing, I, 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 I wonder if this is like paid off big for Microsoft because I remember when oh, I Skype, Skype was like, you can do audio calls, then you can do video calls. And then there is a little chat thing you could do to like communicate with people as well but they really tried to push this into like a, a a messaging competitor like to get on board with the messages or or um right 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 that you're going to leave it open all the time and that yeah. you're going to message with one another i see there's a little list of emojis that mm -hmm. say share what you're up to and then there's be right back with a little with a little sign that says brb but it's animated so it's like a little open and closed sign and it's kind of flipping around on an imaginary door out for lunch, which is a hamburger mm -hmm. uh, in meetings, which is a little emoji person, very serious face <laughs> emoji <laughs> talking on the phone. I think then there's, Oh, there's at school, which is a person, which is a two headed, no, a multi headed Hydra. But it's it's one emoji wearing a scholar's hat. And periodically the emoji will spin, spin around really fast. And it's and then it will reveal one of three faces. A smiling uh like girl face with pigtails, a red-headed uh person looking around with its eyes, and then some sort of nerd with glasses. Mm -hmm. Those are the three options that you have to be at school. At the movies is one of those little clacker boards. I can't even see the emoji for traveling. Oh, it's a plane. They're celebrating party hat, driving car. Oh, somebody doing jumping jacks or jump rope at the gym. And then working from home is another little icon that's switching from a house to a laptop. These are all designed by someone chosen by what I presume is a committee, right? I mean, they, no, somebody, there were people group. sat down and listened to this. I, f I found a huge article on the verge about this. I put it in our, our show notes too, talking about how they like used sounds like a, 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 a voice making a whooshing sound and actual bubbles popping Whoosh. and all this other stuff. Whoosh. Yeah. So apparently I have no bookmarks here because why would I bookmark something in this application? Uh, 
Right. So, so it's a, it's an example of, it's an example of people at uh, this extremely large company putting features into a program that have nothing to do with the program, nothing to do with why anyone would choose to use this program, hoping that what, like if someone tried to use this program, which you've now already named, so right. there's no reason for me not to just call it Skype. Right. For were, someone, were you trying to be protective of it somehow? Oh, I was doing a little bit of a Nick Harmer thing oh. where I put the tape over the, the word Fender on my base, uh, even though everybody knows it's a Fender and everybody, and it doesn't matter. That's, it's that's not like just he's advertising for him. Well, I was going to say that's just because Fender won't sponsor him. That's yeah, why he that's does right. that. He's pro. He's protesting the gall of Fender to not sponsor him. And I, I don't think well, there's any yeah. chance Skype would sponsor anything we do. No, no, there's no chance of that. Um, uh, no, it's also, you know, I just like to add a air of mystery to everything I do. Just a little obfuscation, Dan, where I say, I mean, where I say like, I'm in Ballard, but I haven't been in Ballard in an hour. Mm. Right. I, I was all, I was in Ballard now I'm not, but I'm, but I'm representing like I am just to put that little spin on it also because I forgot to post something while I was in Ballard, but I, but I wanted to post like I was there. Anyway, if somebody messaged me here, it's like when people message me in within the program LinkedIn, mm -hmm. that is not where I ever want to receive a message. If you message me in LinkedIn, it will sit there for four months. Mm -hmm. Before I ever, you know, before I have any reason to go and see that message, why would you do that? Why would you, and I, frankly, I feel that way about Facebook. Why would you message me there? And it's honestly, it's, it's, uh, I guess that people don't, I mean, I, I receive messages in Twitter and in Instagram. I do a lot. I do accept messages there mm -hmm. only because I'm in those programs all the time. And it would be churlish of me to ignore messages that piled up. Right. But my God, if someone messaged me through Skype, like wanted to communicate there and yet, I mean, I would hate that person and I would never, I would never allow it. But, but there is a whole team of people at Microsoft, presumably who are called chat. It's the, it's the group that runs chat for Skype. Am I right? Is there, is this a team? <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I'm, I'll go along with that. Why not? Don't you think there's yeah. like six people, a team of people that are always working to improve chat in yeah, Skype? I think there are, there have to be. Yeah. It's gotta be a team, right? They've got to have a section of an office in a complex. They probably, how many times do you think the chat team from Skype has to boop <laughs> their ID cards to get through how many doors between the parking lot and their little section. Mm -hmm. Do you think it's more than three times that they have to boop? Yeah, I'm positive it's more than three. More than three boops mm -hmm. to get to wherever Skype chat team is hard at work right now improving the features of this thing that I do not want anything to do with. Mm -hmm. And I can't imagine anybody would. Now, you and I... If, if I type a message to you that mm -hmm. says, I'm here, or hi, Dan, 
Yeah. Me, let's go. Uh, these are going through through chat, through Skype chat. Is mm-hmm. that is that what's happening? Yeah, that's what's going on. So here, are, let me let me just scroll back through the messages that we've sent one another. Okay. I'm here. Mm-hmm. Hi, Dan. Uh, here's one uh, from November 26th. Beep. Yeah, I said yes. Uh, here's one. October 31st. I'm here. October 10th. I'm. Oh no. Uh, October 10th. It's just ready. Mm-hmm. Uh, are these ones uh, you've sent see. or ones I've sent mostly? Well, these are all from me. Now, here's one because you because you're not sitting in front of Skype generally, and right. so I say these things, and you're not. Uh, then I have to then I have to say them again. See, I am actually using S- Skype chat. You're, uh, you're and more you're of not. a Microsoft uh, customer than I am, apparently. <laughs> yeah, you're not paying attention. Uh, here's one, uh, September 26th, you sent me a message here mm. that says, hi. And then I replied, blep, B-L-L-E-P, uh-huh. blep. Uh, oh, here's what, September 19th, I type, uh, ready when you are. Um, there, here's one where I say beep exclamation point and you say hi. Uh, here we are back in August. Uh, I say beep. Um, uh, oh yeah. Early August. You say hi, question mark, LMK when, and then I say LMK means let me know. Let me know. So let me see if I go back through, through this here and ever find Anything that is more than I'm ready, let's go. Great. Oh, here's one where I do say, sorry, two minutes. That was at 1125. <laughs> Whoa. I was pretty late that day. <laughs> <laughs> this is like a history of, of, you know, failed attempts to record a show. Yeah, this is a long, oh, this, oh, this is back in March. Oh, here you say, great, let me turn things back on again. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's one where you say, I tried calling it, just drops. So um, These could be song lyrics for an upcoming album. <laughs> uh, but we're not using <laughs> Skype chat to do anything other than initiate a Skype call. Right. Right. We're not. Like we're both, we're both fully in position and ready to go. And then one, one usually you says, okay, let's do it. And then I hit call. Yeah, sometimes That's I say it. beep. Yeah. Oh, now wait. Now Merlin, on the other hand, uh, does occasionally. I'm looking now through our chats, although most of it is me saying beep and him saying beep, which somewhere along the line became the um, the way that we the the way that we indicated that we were ready to talk to one another. Mm-hmm. And it was you know it was like beep. It was some kind of little. Sound. I don't know why. I don't know. I don't know when that tradition started. Sometimes I say boop. But he very, very, very rarely will send a link within the Skype app. He sent me a link to the best made campfire cooking tool set because he wanted me to see um, how expensive this spatula was. But that's the only thing. Anyway, I don't. I don't mean to. I don't mean to degrade. Oh wow, this thing is eight hundred dollars, and it's a spatula, a fork, a spoon, and some kind of pick. Four tools, eight hundred dollars. 
four tools that you would use if you were cooking on a fire. You know, if you're cooking on a fire, I suggest that you use a stick that you picked up from around the fire mm-hmm. to do pretty much all those things. Act as a fork, a spoon. You can just use a stick for all those things. I'm no, I mean, look, I'm no Grizzly Adams, but I don't think you need four $800 tools in a, in a little carrying case to cook on an open fire. Do you? I think that seems anyway, excessive. That's what Merlin was sending me that link to. So I, we've talked, I think, quite a bit about my uh, suspicion about the digital economy. My feeling that all five or six people on the Skype chat team are probably making, what do you think, $150,000 a year? What do you think I mean, the average? Do, would, that, would that buy you a decent house in, in Seattle? You know, maybe if you can, if you're making $150,000 a year and you can't figure out how to get a decent house in Seattle, you are either sod, saddled with loans from, uh, from going to law school in an Ivy league college, in which case you shouldn't be working for Skype chat or you're an idiot mm-hmm. or, um, I don't know what, I don't know where your money goes. If you're making $150,000 and you can't find some kind of livable house in Seattle, you absolutely can. Um, I mean, at $150,000 when I was a kid in the 19, well, let's not even say the 1970s in the late 1980s, if you were making in the nineties, if you were making $150,000, you would have been in the, in, in the ranks of the richest people I had ever met. $150,000 a year. What kind of, how rich of a doctor would you have to be? Yeah. But now these 24 year olds working at Skype chat, making $150,000 coming up with features. And, um, and I don't think any of it needs to be there. Right. I think, I think Skype is, uh, we're using it for one thing and one thing only. They should make it better at that. I think like you're instead saying, of, instead of adding uh, a whole bunch of other features to make it into something that it's, but that's what I was saying before. Like, I wonder if this is paid off for Skype. I wonder if when they sort of switched from, we're going to be a really good, well, again, we're going to be an acceptably good audio client for people to just use. Right. Versus the transition that they tried to make into the space of, we're going to be in a, uh, a, a social network platform messaging system for for the universe to use, and I'm curious the, to know if that actually like if if they when they changed it and added all these dumbass features, if they saw a user because any time that an application starts adding features that I think are really dumb, and I decide I'm not going to use it anymore, that's what's really appealing to everybody who's like a regular person and they're like, well, it's great now. I'm like, well, it used to be great and it sucks now. No, now it's great. It was bad before. I didn't even know what it was. I'm like, right. But they, it used to do one thing really well. And now it does 50 things kind of crappy. And the one thing it did well has been marginalized. My question to you is how within the, the enormous earth spanning, uh, like quadrupus of, of Microsoft. Is, is that a word? Quadrupus? Yeah, whatever it is. I, I think it's only got four arms. No, let's call it a, 
let's call it a decapus. It's got more arms than an octopus. The decapus of Microsoft that spans the globe like the Sherman Williams paint can that's pouring a big thick coat of paint all over earth. Um, (laughs) How would within that, how would anyone be able to gauge whether Skype had paid off for Microsoft? Like there's gotta be someone at Skype who's 100% job, maybe a team of people, 100% 100% job is justifying the cost of Skype mm-hmm. to their boss at Microsoft and saying, you know, oh, we spent a billion dollars working on chat features that no one uses, but it's amazing because we've generated all this data that shows that Merlin every once in a while sends a link to John on a scale of millions. And so that billion dollars was worth it all along. And the person up the, up the, the leg at Microsoft, all they have to do is go to their boss and say, all my numbers pencil out, right? Like where is there, where in any of these places is there actual accountability beyond this imaginary world this this like pushing of carts of money around an imaginary (laughs) headspace right right because i i imagine that microsoft owns skype and thinks of it as they do most things as a loss leader yeah all it does is get people i don't know what to log in with their yahoo identity i I think they're using i I think they they switched it so you have to use your microsoft account now or maybe you have to migrate your skype account to become a Microsoft account, but I I'm with you. I, I don't know how this is helping Microsoft unless, right. unless Skype were to become a big social media platform, like, uh, like a, an Instagram, for example, or a, you know, a, um, a WhatsApp or, a. But the, the but the one? only way that that would help Microsoft is if they started selling ads on it, yeah. right? Or I mean, they the, just they just have users that they. I mean, in that space, the goal is just to have active users. Like it doesn't matter what they're doing. It doesn't even matter if you're advertising to them. You know, Microsoft has tons of money. They're not, you know, they're not trying to do a raise. They don't have to show anything. So they they can spend money on that and say, oh well, we've got fifty million users every day using Skype. That's bigger than. Snapchat or that's bigger than this other one. And I think which they does want what? It. Which gives you bragging rights around the yeah. around the campfire? I think that's it. I don't know what they plan to do with those users, those people. Maybe they feel like they're potential customers and they want to market to them like you're saying, give them ads. I don't know. Are they, I think are people they just would reject skimming, that. Are they skimming data? Like are every time every time Merlin sends me a best made thing, do they then target some ads at me from best made like within an hour is that probably is that how they're i don't know how they're making money are they reading i mean not not a human being sitting there reading our messages but is there something parsing it is there something that's making Mm -hmm. a little note that you that they typed in best made and now that's Mm -hmm. a cookie and and they're gonna i don't know i don't think i don't think they're doing that how big is that team how big is the team at microsoft that is designing the Functional, designing the behind the scenes 
like inter program spyware that's that's like stealing people's private messages and turning them into ad campaigns. How many people on that team? A thousand? A uh, million? Yeah, there's, there's a lot of, well, <laughs> it's probably not a million people. A billion? Uh-huh. Like that, that campus of Microsoft, do you think that people go around on roller skates because it's so big that they need roller skates to get from place to place? I think they have those little, you know, the one-footed uh, scooter things that are all over. They use those. Oh, or maybe they have, maybe they do that thing the that segue. little kids do. They have wheels in their shoes. Yeah. And so they can walk along and then they can just kind of like, woo, sort of skateboard yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Oh, you think they have segways? You know, segways, that was the whole yeah. idea behind segways, that you would, you would motor around your hyper uh, modern, like Logan's Run corporate campus. Right. And you I mean, remember all those pictures, those like stock photos of people, one person would be standing on a Segway looking at a clipboard and another person would be standing on the ground and they would be consulting. And the idea, I guess, was that the person on the Segway was then going to Segway off and get to the next, the next place. Am I just remembering that? Am I just imagining that I remember that? No, I think that's correct. I want to go back and look at the, at the advertising campaign that went along with the launch of Segway. It was a big I secret. I mean, the announcement, the announcement that came out, I remember the day when they're like, well, it's, it's going to be announced. And they, it, they called it, they had a code name for it. Yeah. And they called it it, but they also called it like there was some code name for it that they, was it, was it a woman's <laughs> name or something? It. And when they, and they, when they announced it, it was like, people didn't know what it was going to be. There were people who were speculating it was going to be like, cold fusion or some kind yeah. of zero point energy system or something. And, and it, it turned out to be like a, a thing that, you know, mall cops would wind up using. It says here that uh, when the product was launched, the head of Segway said it will be to the car, what the car was to the horse and buggy. Mm -hmm. uh, famous venture capitalist, John Durer, Durer said the Segway sales might hit 1 billion as fast as any company in history. Mm. Yeah. And uh, if you look at a, if you look at a picture of a group, if you even look at the picture of a group of people on segways that accompanies this article, um, uh, they look like idiots. And I don't mean to disparage anyone who's listening to the program who has a personal Segway and rides it around. Because whenever I see someone on a Segway, particularly when it's when they're they haven't rented it as a member of a tour of someplace like the US Capitol, but they're just out like rogue independent someone mm -hmm. on a Segway. <clears throat> you right. know? Yep. Do, do you ever see one? You must see them in Austin every once in a while, right? Yeah, all over the place. Yep. All over the place. See in Seattle, I see one every I don't know, three months, maybe I'm talking about a Segway, not some wheeled. Yeah, no, not the wheel things because there are, I, at least there used to be. Um, and I remember seeing this a lot recently, but there are like these tour groups that take people around downtown Austin yeah. on yeah. Segways. And so I guess, yeah. you know, and then, and then there's, 
What really took over downtown are the motorized bird scooters, though. That's They're everywhere. They're lying on the ground everywhere. They're at every stop. They're beat up and trashed. And, uh, and you see a lot of people on those, a lot of people using those. Who shouldn't be? Oh, yes. And then there's the thing that looks like a skateboard, but instead of having four wheels on the bottom, it's got one big, fat, mm-hmm. ball-looking wheel. I see dudes on that all the time. So that, that one is definitely full of like super cool tech bros. Then there's the one that, that like has two foot rests that fold down. And when they fold up, you can kind of carry it. You just carry it like a briefcase almost. Mm -hmm. I was standing at a party one time, like downtown, um, warehouse kind of party, just standing around and. I was in a group of people kind of that I didn't know, you know, people that were wearing expensive denim and had, um, beards or, you know, kind of, but trimmed beards or like manicured beards. Mm -hmm. And, uh, one of the people, and it wasn't one of the young people either. It's not like, it's not like they were 28. It was somebody like 50, but very cool, you know, 50 year old that probably had a monocle. (laughs) <laughs> somewhere in their collection of things. Yeah. <laughs> right. They basically were, they basically were like bitches. Shit. I got a bail. And then they, they were holding this thing already and they just like popped the little wings off of it. You know, like they flipped down and kind of like a ghostbusters, uh, like ghost sensor. And then they just hopped on it. And we're gone, just like, and the rest of us stood and watched in amazement and kind of were like, did, did he have that thing this whole time? (laughs) And off he went into the night, you know, and this was kind of a, this was like a dark kind of busy, uh, uh, under the freeway kind of, uh, environment Mm -hmm. and watching him go. And he just, uh, he went off like a rocket. And I was like, whoa, that was super, that, what a cool move. Like, bitches, shit, I got a bail, gone. Um, and briefly, briefly, I felt like that's the future. Everybody's just going to carry around a little, a little zoomer. I mean, that's uh, what George Jetson just, did. He had, he had a briefcase and uh, he put mm-hmm. a, pushed a button and now it's his car. He gets out of the car. Hits another button, just briefcase again. He, he can carry it. He can carry the briefcase. Daughter Susie. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is genius. Now you have to be, you have to have the mobility to ride a briefcase, mm-hmm. uh, which, and I feel like you have to have the boldness to ride a briefcase. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm not just talking about fashion boldness, right? which you also have to have. Yeah. But you have to have boldness. You have to be like in physical shape enough that you are willing to fall off your briefcase at speed if somebody in a Ford F-250 decides that they need to make a turn right now, right in front of you. Like it's a danger device. Mm -hmm. But also, I mean, from a fashion standpoint. I, I like that term, danger device. We would like to say thank you very much to Squarespace. There are so many things that you could do with Squarespace. You can showcase your work. You can blog. You can publish your content. You can sell stuff. They've got powerful e-commerce built in. You can, if you're a musician or you've got a band, you can 
You can post your music there. You can post your album there. You can do anything that you want with Squarespace. The time uh, of, of having to sit down and hand code and hand roll a website is history. And even better, the time of having to go to a company and pay hundreds or thousands of dollars to get a beautiful, responsive website built, that's over too. Squarespace makes anything possible and you can do it yourself. You can make it yourself. You can make it stand out using Squarespace. It's optimized for mobile right out of the box. You can buy your domain name. You can get over 200 extensions right there on the same site. They've got built-in analytics. They've got built-in SEO. They've got everything that you would want to have for a website. And it's easy to maintain. It's easy to grow it. That's the thing is you can go and start this thing and then inevitably what happens, well, I haven't updated the site in a while. Why? Man, it's just a pain in the neck to do it. No, not with Squarespace. So go over to squarespace.com roadwork. You'll get a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code roadwork to save 10% on your first purchase of a website or a domain. Squarespace.com roadwork. Offer code roadwork. 10% off. Website, domain. You got it. Good. Go check it out. If you are, if you're writing your briefcase, you cannot, you can only have hairstyles within a certain, uh, within a certain pretty narrow box of hairstyles. Like I suppose you could have a hippie hairstyle. You could have a ponytail. You certainly could have a man bun, but I, I think, I think you should, I think your hair should go up like swoopy or something. You know, it should be either. It should be like gelled points or what I'm saying is you don't want to just, you can't just look like a normal. You can't be somebody that's just in like fucking dad shorts and throw your briefcase on the ground and it poof turns into a Are there dad shorts now too? I think so. There's a dad hat. There's a dad bod. Now there's dad shorts. Can't we just have clothing? No, 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 they, I mean, technically any, I'm a dad. So technically anything I wear is a dad blank. Yeah. And that, that negates the whole concept. Well, that's a dad hat. Any hat I put on is a dad hat. I could go into a woman's store and put on one of those fancy hats that they wear to the, um, to the races with like a bird in it. And then now that's a dad hat because I'm wearing it. So it doesn't no, mean wrong. anything. It doesn't mean no, anything. No, it does. It no. absolutely does. I, the I, fact take, is I, that, I, I take exception to this. The fact is that any hat that you put on is a dad hat, but fact. that's only because you choose dad hats. No. If I was fast asleep on the sofa and you drove to my house with a, with a uh, sombrero and put it on my head, happen. now it's a dad right. hat. No, if you took I a top hat and a, a, no, I see a what you're saying, steampunk Dan. dad hat, I, I'm putting on I me mean, that now it's a dad hat. I see what you're saying, but no, you are wrong. If you put on a Queen Elizabeth hat, you would not, is not a dad hat. If you were wearing a top hat, it wouldn't be a dad hat unless you were in a situation where a dad would wear a top hat. But when you put on your fedoras, those are, those are absolutely dad hats. If you put your fedoras on a 22-year-old that didn't have a kid, they would immediately turn into a dad <laughs> because those are dad hats. And there are dad shorts too. Dad shorts are, well, they're shorts that turn people into dads. And a Queen Elizabeth hat would not turn you into Queen Elizabeth, but it would turn you into, I don't know, something very fascinating. If I saw you wearing a hat with a bird on it. Uh-huh. 
I would be extremely intrigued. I would jump on my briefcase to wheel over to you to say, who is this fascinating person who looks by all accounts to be a dad, but is wearing a very fancy, you know, go to the races hat. That's why I don't wear hats, Dan, or I barely wear, I do wear hats. Okay. I wear hats, Yeah, but I don't wear dad hats. Every hat, every hat that if, before I put it on my head, I look at it and I go, is this dad hat? And if it is, I throw it in the fire. <laughs> I, I throw it right in the incinerator that I keep going at all times for anything dad that isn't intentionally dad. See, that's the thing. I don't want to accidentally put on any part of dad gear, but I do intentionally wear dad gear sometimes as part of, as part of cosplay. Like I'm wearing a shirt right now that arguably is dad cosplay. And I put it on because when I, when I surveyed my day, uh, from, uh, at the, when I woke up this morning, only minutes ago, let's be honest, I looked in my closet, I thought about the day and I was like, I'm going to need to look like a dad at a certain point today. And so I'd better put on this dad cosplay, which in this form, it's taken the form of a, of a shirt that's, I mean, it does double duty, right? I could go to, I could go to a parent teacher conference in this shirt, but mm-hmm. I could also go to the club. If I went to the club, I would look like a dad, but you know, a lot of people like that. There are a lot of people at the club who are looking for a dad, right? Who didn't yeah. have a good relationship with their I, dad and they're hoping to, they're hoping to somehow psychically make that connection <laughs> by meeting I, a new dad. I guess. Right. Asking that new dad to dance or just dancing up to that new dad. Now, if I were on, if I were on a movable briefcase at the club in this shirt, I would look more like a dad, not less. Right. That's the thing for me to get on my briefcase. Mm -hmm. I would need to severely restrict some of the dad cosplay I do and would have to, I would have to increase the amount of like advertising creative director cosplay that I do. And right now I hardly do any advertising creative director <laughs> cosplay. Just like one day a week set aside for that or? No, not even that not much. Not even a not whole even day. That much. When I put, when I put on creative director cosplay, it is almost always either ironic or, um, or, you know, feeling cute might delete later. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. advertising creative director cosplay is a thing. <sighs> what do I use that for? I do employ it every once in a while. And I'm just trying to think when that would be. Generally, it's when I'm meeting somebody in advertising. You know, when I'm going to lunch with a creative director, I'll I'll kind of try and edge into their space a little bit so they recognize me as a fellow traveler. Put on a shirt that's a little bit slicker, you know? Like and by slick I don't mean I don't mean actually like that water would bead up on it. Although that is part of it. Creative directors, I think if you're writing your briefcase, you need to have fabrics that wick away perspiration. <laughs> 
Yeah. And I avoid those fabrics. I really do. If the fabric wicks away perspiration, I don't want anything to do with it. Why? Don't, want you, my... want, don't you want to be free of perspiration? Mm, no. I don't want modern fabrics. Yeah. In general, the whole concept of fabrics that have been improved by modern technology, almost always, here are the ways that fabrics Okay, hang on. Are, hang on a sec. That makes no sense uh, at all. It makes no sense, John. No sense. Yes, I'll tell you why. Yes, Back in the ancient times... Our definition of fabric meant you, you took a rock and hit an animal over the head and ripped their skin off. That was your fabric. Well, or you could weave some No, reeds. there was no weaving back in those times. There was sure there was. killing with rocks. The, it was all killing with rocks. Oh, the first people ever. I mean, the first thing a person did when they were sitting bare-assed in the mud. It was kill someone with a, a rock. No, next to a stream, they were not all killers. It was the killers were. But you told uh, me that all human beings are murderers. You said this. Well, they are. They are murderers, but not murdering things big enough to make garments out of. Humans are murderers, and at least half of them are just murdering people with emotions. (laughs) But so here's my point: is our first clothing, our first fabrics were skins of animals, and then oh, they were woven reeds. No way. And then if you sit next to a river, you're going to be weaving uh, little pieces of grass. But not into clothes, it's chafing. Even before you have language, you're going to be weaving grass. I, I'll go along with that. But I think before that, you had uh, you killed something with a rock and put it on your back. And you're like, oh, I'm, right. war- I'm warmer with this dead thing on my back. Maybe I could take the organs out, eat those, and then put this skin over there and then keep the snow off of me. Okay. All right. Let's say that's true. Okay. So then, so then step two is they're weaving stuff. Sure. But then eventually you get around to like, well, you know, we're, we actually are making a real fabric. They got what, what was the first fabric? Some wool or something like that. Right. Some animal that we got. It was probably woven reeds, but yeah. All right. Let's say it's some wool. Let's say it's woolly wool. So you're saying you shouldn't have anything beyond the first raw, rough wool. That that's what you should be wearing. You shouldn't have any, you shouldn't have cotton because cotton implies agriculture and farming and machines. Even a, co- a cotton no. gin is required no, to being, make you're being something. ridiculous now. You just I'm have saying, clumps, clumps of cotton attached to your body. I'm saying people that are sitting in a laboratory in a white jacket with, and they pull their, they pull their goggles down over their eyes and they flip a large electronic switch. And all of a sudden some Tesla, coil starts starts producing blue lightning bolts and they go it's alive and what comes out the other side is polypropylene uh-huh. i don't want anything to do with it leave it leave it for your leave it for the people that ride their bike to work that's who should be wearing those things people that ride their briefcases they absolutely should have those fabrics that wick away sweat because here's why here's why i don't like them Not really anything to do with the fabric, but it's because those fabrics get produced into products that have cheap snaps. Cheap snaps, Dan. Mm -hmm. And what I don't like is cheap snaps. At what point do you draw the line between modern fabric and the kind that you'll allow? Gore-Tex. Gore-Tex? Gore-Tex. That's where you draw. So anything... Predating Gore-Tex, fine. Anything Gore-Tex no, or after, no. What about Velcro? It's not, a, it's, it's not a time thing exactly. Like it's a. There was a moment when Gore-Tex first arrived, and mm-hmm. when Velcro first arrived. Yeah. 
and and especially when Gore-Tex and Velcro were first combined to make garments, they were, I thought, pretty darn good garments. Now that Gore-Tex hadn't been hadn't been honed yet, and after over time it decayed, and the Gore-Tex became it stopped being waterproof and it started being it started like kind of bubbling and looking like shit. But those original garments. Here's what set them apart. They had good zippers and good snaps. But as time went on, this the the the, the as the fabric developed, it um I think what happened was people that were building those fabrics wanted to make them lighter. Right. And you know how we fetishize lightness mm-hmm. in certain in, in quite a few applications. Right? You want your shoes to be lighter uh, if you're wearing modern shoes. Mm-hmm. You don't want them to be heavy because heavy shoes are a bummer. Light shoes are what you want. You want your jacket to be lighter. It, you want it to do the work of a heavy jacket whilst being light. You want your guitar to be lighter. Everything wants to be lighter because lightness is perceived to be more advanced. You've taken away the things that, that weighed it down and you have a picture of this poor sap weighed down by wool and metal and wood slogging it out Mm -hmm. while Mr. and Mrs. Modern tiptoe by on point on in their modern shoes and and garments but one of the ways they made things lighter was that they took away the things that made them solid mm-hmm. and resilient and long lasting and they replaced them with cheapo cheap snaps mm-hmm. And, and, and it's part of the whole disposability question. These light modern garments are also garbage and everyone recognizes their garbage. You buy them and you go, oh, this thing costs $400. It's made by Arcteryx and it's like super cool, super light, but it's, it's shite. And I mean, Arcteryx stuff isn't shite. But what I'm saying is that your cu- the cuff of those jackets went from being something that had a snap and a Velcro cuff, you know, a, a fastener, a thing that you could adjust, and they turned into what? Elastic. They turned into something that went on your that went around your wrist like a diaper. In order to have lightness and cheapness, made in Chinaness. And all of those fabrics, sure, if you're writing a briefcase, I get it. You know, you're going to want a thing like that. You're going to want to, you want your jacket to have a subtle pattern that suggests, that suggests crystals, Siberian crystals. But that jacket <laughs> is going to, I don't even know if that jacket's flame retardant. But it's definitely, if you crash your briefcase, you're going to get, you're going to get shredded because that jacket isn't multi-purpose. Or I mean, it's multi-purpose in that it's meant to keep the rain off and it's meant to be light and it's meant to breathe. Those are the 
those are the words. It's meant to breathe. That's mm-hmm. one of the, that's the great word. Yeah, breathing. Of all of this crap, it's got to breathe. But I don't want my jacket to breathe. Stop it. Stop breathing. <laughs> I want my jacket to insulate, to uh, to create a warm and damp environment within it where I am uh, like a baby swaddled, a baby swaddled in ancient fabrics. Now that's just me, but I'm not a briefcase rider. You know, if someone gave me the keys to a BMW, I would think hard. I would think hard before I accepted a free BMW. Yeah. Because of what it would, because everywhere I showed up, I would pull up and park and I would hope nobody saw me. And that has a lot to do with what 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 a BMW conveys. Mm-hmm. And again, anyone listening to this program that is happily, proudly driving a BMW, I am not disparaging you. I am saying I couldn't pull it off. Couldn't pull it off. It's just like arriving on a briefcase in a different way. But there are very few cars that I feel like I could arrive in and get and park right in front of the venue. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like if I, if I arrived in front of the venue in any, but really a, a handful of cars, I would, I would try to park. I would try to park around the, around the corner. And maybe that, you know, not maybe that says everything about me. It says loads about me. I am not a utilitarian for one. Like I am not simply interested in the utility of items. Now, would you describe yourself uh, as a utilitarian? I think you would. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Let's right? say, if somebody, if somebody g- gave you a workable thing that worked, yeah, you would not reject it on the grounds that it was embarrassing. No, I wouldn't. No. Not really. And you wouldn't reject it on the grounds that you didn't like it philosophically. Hmm. What would it be? Oh, well, see, that's right. You would if it were... But, you know, there I are reject, philosophical I, John, restrictions. I, I, I reject a lot of things based on philosophy and principle. Too I, many. I, I that's, that's like true. my flaw. I think, I think you do. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen you do that. But, yeah. But philosophy, you don't have a philosophy of garments. No, I should, though. I feel like, especially listening to you, I feel like this is something I need. Well... Like, oh, yeah, okay, so like right now, right now, I'll tell you, tell you what I'm wearing. Dad shorts. No. I'm wearing a pair of jeans. I don't think they're dad jeans. I got them from the Gap, but I'm a dad and I'm wearing them, so they have to be dad jeans. You bought jeans at the Gap? Jeans at the Gap. Okay. Um, they're not a relaxed fit or boxy or anything like that. They fit me, you know, in a modern style. I'm wearing mm. some kind of, what is this, a s- sweater? Pullover mm-hmm. sweater type thing, casual. Yeah, a pullover sweater of what type? It's dark gray. Like a sweatshirt? It's not a sweatshirt. It's more like a sweater. It's, but it's not, it. Somewhere between a sweatshirt a sw- and a sweater. It's a sweater. Let's just call it a sweater. It's a sweater. T- take it off and read the tag to me. I don't, you know, I've got headphones on and everything. Do I have to do Take that? your headphones off, take the sweater off Fine. and read the tag for, for all of us. Fine. Hold on. 
It's kind of warm in here anyway. All right, here we go. This says... <sighs> go on. Hold on. It says yeah. gap. Uh-huh. Okay. It has a letter M. A made, M for made in China. Right. Good. Now, hold on. Keep I'm going. going to the... That's all it says up at the top. So I'm going down to the bottom part. This is the care instructions. Yeah. Which doesn't... I don't think that's what you want to hear. That's it. That's all it says. Whoa, uh, hold on. Co cotton... Cotton slub CR charcoal heather v slash 300 760 fa19 i'm wondering if that's the date that it was made oh it's it's the, yeah it's the it's the 0619 yeah it? and it and and so the thing on the top then on this one it says s slash 474780-00 right and uh i i think let me try and pull this up on the website hold on oh, it's not it because it has a little at the base of the collar, the way the collar is on the front of it, there's like a little triangle or upside down triangle underneath the collar. I'll look for it on the website as we, as we talk, but it's, I, I think you just call it a crew neck sweater. That's what I'm going to say. This is crew neck. Yeah. It's a crew neck sweater. Yep. A crew yep, neck. I found it. I found it. Here it is on the website. It is the, hold on. Slub cotton raglan crew neck sweater. And the color yes. that the color that I have is gray heather. Is no is charcoal heather gray. I think. Uh, so your pants are from the Gap, and your and this your sweaters just purely, from the Gap. Purely coincidence. This was the clean one. <laughs> and what is the shirt under the sweater? The shirt under the sweater is a long sleeve. Uh, Banana Republic black t-shirt. A black t-shirt, but a long sleeve t-shirt. Does it have a pocket? No. Uh, a, a breast God, pocket? No. Hell no. T-shirts also... with pockets is something I philosophically oppose. Oh, you're against t-shirts with pockets. Tell us more. Well, uh, the only reason you would have a pocket on a shirt is to put your pack of cigarettes in it. Maybe a right. pen. Maybe a pen. But if I'm in a t-shirt, I don't want a pack of cigarettes or a pen on me. I think it's weird. Really? What I do you do with your the, pack of cigarettes? I roll it in my sleeve if I'm wearing a t-shirt. Oh, okay. That makes what sense. are you going to do with it? You got your white James Dean t-shirt. You roll the cigarettes up in it. Well, but that implies, I mean, I guess you're, you're smoking a soft pack. You carry a soft pack? If I'm wearing a t-shirt, I do. All right. I'm not, you know, right. hard pack is, you know, for my, my, my merce. Sure. If sure. I had, if I had, in... if I had such a thing, then that's uh, hard pack would go in there. If I, if I was keeping it in my backpack, maybe it would be have to be a hard pack. And by the way, I don't smoke, so right. the need for a pocket in my t-shirt has just been cut almost in half. But I feel like if you smoke, a, if you're a soft pack carrier, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. then you buy soft pack. I don't, I never knew a single person. That would go that back bought, and forth between the two. Yeah, that bought soft pack or hard pack depending on the condition. I always bought the soft I, pack. I would, I would uh, take sometimes my girlfriend's hard pack. You were a Marlboro Lights person, weren't you? You know, I started with Reds, and then the girl that I was dating uh, switched to Lights, and so I would just smoke what she had. It was easier. 
I, I was going to say Marlboro Reds, but I but I figured you evolved into into lights. Eventually, you're correct. Absolutely, it's a good call. You know, I, I'm not new. I can tell. <laughs> I, I can tell what the brand of cigarettes of most people pretty impressive either were, are, or uh, most people, of course, now don't smoke and never did. Right. But I can look at somebody and and pretty much tell you what kind of cigarettes they would have smoked if they ever smoked. Yeah. But you do feel that long sleeves, uh, that a that a long sleeve T-shirt is a T-shirt. Well, it's made out of T-shirt material. It yeah. looks like a T-shirt. It's just the sleeves are longer. And when it's, you know, when you leave the house and it's whatever it was today, 40 degrees, 30 something. Yeah. And all you've got is yeah. the sweater. You need something to bolster that a little bit. Uh, sweater bolstering. Mm-hmm. What is the collar of this Banana Republic black long sleeve t-shirt? It's a regular like? is it crew neck, crew neck collar. Just looks like the collar of a normal t-shirt. Yes, in every way. Like how thick is the um is the band? Is it very thin? It's not thick it at all. Half it's, an inch? Um let's see. Uh, no, oh, under that. Somewhere but like a quarter to a half an inch max. Oh, just a little uh, just a That's, little tiny one. Okay, yeah, so now you've got we've got a picture of uh, the sweater, mm-hmm. the t-shirt, the jeans. What's your belt? Uh, hold on. Doesn't, uh, doesn't seem to say here. Hold on. Does it have a Western buckle? No, no, I'm not wearing my Western belt today. I only wear that with the cowboy boots. I, I have my, okay. uh, right. I have my red wings today. Okay. All right. We'll get to that. So your belt is brown it's or black? Black. God, yeah, okay. I'm not a monster. No, I, I, I knew. I just wanted to if throw the red, it out there. If the red wings are black, the belt is black. Oh, I see. If the red wings are brown, the belt is brown. Sure. There is the, nothing the, on this belt that tells me where it came from or what it was, but it's it's nice. It's, it's a nicer belt, and the, and the buckle is black on this one, too, which is why part of why I like it. It's a black. Whoa. I know. Look carefully at the at the um at the buckle, the back of the buckle, and look nothing. carefully at the belt. Is there nothing Hold embossed on. There in is the leather? Something? Nope, nothing. Really, the whole length of the belt. There's not a single thing no. embossed. No, because I I mean I don't think that's why I got it. But now that I see that, it makes me happy because I don't like to wear, I don't like to advertise for different brands. Well, so sure, but like on the inside. No, there's, I'm the telling belt. you, I have the belt fully off of my body. I'm I'm almost mm. naked without the belt, and mm-hmm. there's nothing on it. No words, nothing. Would you describe the metal as anodized? Is it black anodized metal? No, it just sort of okay. has a paint job on it that's wearing off. It's got it's it's painted. Okay. Yeah, it's wearing and off. now tell us about your Red Wings. Um, they're just the, they're, um, we, I think I have to look up which ones these are, but they're from the heritage series. I'm going to look it up. Uh, we've talked about these. We did a whole episode about these one time. They are the Capto one. Does that mean that they're the Iron Ranger? I think maybe, yeah, the Iron Ranger looks like them to me, which is a men's six inch boot. It's black. Yeah, that's them with the speed laces. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There you go. Yep. That's them. Okay, so so what you you know, what's your what's your rock in here? Now wait a minute, what's your jacket? You gotta have a over over jacket of some kind. Uh yeah, there's one in my in my truck and I don't remember which one it is. I think it's one of those just sort of generic, stupid, nor ugly North Face ones that I hate. 
Also black? Yeah. Always, always black. Everything black. Is it is it puffy? No, God, no. Okay, so it's just a North Face sort of Gore-Tex-y, it has, the rain yeah, off. Yeah, it, it has a keep the rain off, and I think the reason I had it is because it was raining and I needed to keep the rain off. And has it I, got a hood? No. No hood? No. It's just a windbreaker. Not a child. I don't have a hood on any, anything except the one, the one hoodie that I have that I got at ILM. And do you, ILM, do you carry an umbrella? There's one in the truck. If you needed, if it was raining, if it was doing one of those Austin, like it's pouring right yeah, now, yeah. you'd grab your umbrella between the truck and wherever you were going. Yeah, if I needed it that bad. Right. I'm not like, well, I'm not like stepping out with an umbrella, <laughs> like a, like a, what do they call it? Like a pimp cane or something. Stepping it's just, out. Yeah, not doing that. Um, okay. So, uh, so I, I feel like the, the number one, uh, the, the, the first thing I would notice about you as you stepped out of your truck mm-hmm. in your, on your way to someplace mm-hmm. would be the sweater with a t-shirt under it. You wouldn't see the t-shirt. It's a black t-shirt and you just see oh, the sweater would, and it wouldn't be noticeable. But I would know just, it was there. I would know it was there maybe. because as you say, no one's going to put a sweater on without a, uh, without a bolster no. of some kind. And so the sweater with the long sleeve t-shirt, you know, that is a certain, um, it means I'm that's, cold. That's all that means. Is I have, it says a lot, though, Dan. It says an awful lot. Well, I have I have three of these T-shirts. They're at least five years old. They're identical. To they're banana. identical, of course. Do you bought them all at the same time? Yes. You went into the Banana Republic. You said, this is the shirt for me. And you said, I'll take three. Yeah. So I don't have to think uh, about it again. Five years ago. At least. And the, and the main, um, advantage was that you didn't have to think about it. Again. Yeah, they were, they were long sleeve. They would do the job. I had, uh, I had, you know, they fit me very well. They, you know, they're not too nipple articulating or anything like that. Did, and, was that fit? Did, was that the fact that they fit you well? Was that confirmed by a third party? Nah, I don't need anyone else's opinion. No one was there to say like, those look good on you. You were just like, yep, these, I'll take them. Yeah, I don't, I don't care what other people think that much. Now, can you, can you tell me why you went to the Banana Republic that day? Yes, I can. Instead of the Gap or the, or whatever. Yes. Um, okay. Because, because at, the, at the time, due to a set of interesting circumstances, I had a bunch of Banana Republic points and I used the points to buy them so that I paid probably $5 for all three shirts. So you had an Arby's card, basically. Yeah, I had an Arby's card, yeah. And um, so you got these points as a form of swag from Banana Republic for some work you did? No, this was probably because um, of some promotion or something like that that I got. And maybe I signed up for something and got, I don't remember, or maybe it was a friend had given it. Maybe a friend who had like mm-hmm. a ton of Banana Republic points or something, something like that. Mm-hmm. And I had these printouts of these codes on them so that I walked up to the register and they say, you know, what, how would you like to pay? And I said, I want to pay with these codes. And so I handed them pay these the codes. printed out pages and one would be for like $8, one would be for like 12 one would be for like 20 and whatever. I don't know how much this was. And I, I wound up paying like $5. And I got the three shirts and they've been great. They held up. They're awesome. Cotton, cotton t-shirts. I would put, if you had to, to put my general kind of what I, how I dress, 
it definitely fits into, uh, and I see this, I'm not happy about it, but it definitely fits into the norm core kind of space. If I understand it correctly, which I might not, but I don't uh-huh. like, I don't like that. And it's not, it's, I don't dress generally speaking. I do have some clothes that I feel represent me and that I would, that I enjoy wearing, but most of the time that's not what I'm wearing. Most of the time yeah. I'm wearing, I'm dressing for functionality. I still look good. I mean, I look great. John, I look great. <laughs> I know. But, I, know. I'm, I can confirm. But I mean, I'm not, I'm not styling myself on a, on a date, on a regular basis. If I'm going to something then I might, I might style myself a little bit more, think about it a bit, put some effort into it. But my goal is generally to get things that, that fit me well, that will last mm-hmm. a long time, that aren't, right. that aren't too expensive. And, right. Do they and wick away perspiration? Most of the things I have don't. Um, yeah. The, the, the clothes that I had to buy when I was forced to go to, uh, to, go to Disney World, all of those clothes wicked uh, everything away. They wicked my sanity away uh, because I was in Disney World which is my, one of my least favorite places to be in the world. And now, so everything the there mall, waked away. Yeah. Oh, let's say you're at the outlet mall Ugh. and you've, and you've, and you see to your left, there's a gap and to your right, there's a banana Republic. Mm. Now, are you conscious? How, wh- how do you regard those two stores in relation to one another? Well, I'm aware that they're both owned by the same company. Uh-huh. Um, I'm aware that one is considered a little more pedestrian and down market than the other. And also a little bit more, uh, fashion trendy than the, than right. the, so, you know, the gap that is. Um, so, so to the listeners, uh, in Montenegro, uh, you're, you're saying that the gap is more, uh, more proletarian than the, Banana yeah, Republic. yeah. And gap is a little more affordable, but their jeans fit me better. Uh, but the shirts and, from Banana are better. And would you, so which direction would you go? Let's say your three black t-shirts all wear out at once because Ugh. I'm guessing that you rotate them to keep the wear. Yeah. Uh, just like a, you good, know, similar. Just like a pipe. You can't smoke from the same briar every day. You're going to rotate it out. Rotate it out. So mm-hmm. let's say they all, all three of them become too tattered, too threadbare for you, and yeah. you need to go replace them. Now, do you turn left and go to the Gap, or do you turn right and go to the Banana Republic? These days, I go into the Gap because it's cheaper, and I don't have the points. Mm. Banana's too expensive. Don't have the points, is right. Yeah. All right, well, this is all given me a, a wonderful picture. Now, just one last question. Sure. Why, uh, it seems to me here that the that the Red Wings Just are FYI, somewhat of a- most, most of my shirts, though, are from J. Crew. You got me um, on a weird day. Because they fit you. They fit me, and, um, and Jesse Thorne says that uh, J. Crew provides the best uh, combination of value, quality, and style for men. He told me that yeah, over and- dinner, so I, I switched. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Uh, how long ago? This was four, four to five years ago. And when you put, when you're looking at your shirts and you pull out a J crew shirt and put it on, do you feel, uh, do you feel a slight sense of pride? I mean, do you reserve your J crew shirts for nicer occasions? Do you put on your, 
your uh, Gap or Banana Republic shirts when you're going to go do when when you're you're not intending to see anybody. I mean, do you, do you divide your shirts at all in terms of like these are the good ones? I feel no emotions in the process of getting dressed. Um, so it could be just. It, it's it's just what your hand falls upon. Well, I mean, almost everything that I buy matches everything else that I buy because I don't want to have to think about, is this going to match this other thing? So with a few I exceptions, see. a few exceptions, I can kind of grab anything. I've got a few pairs of jeans that I like, you know, um, and so the only thing I need to be mindful of is if, you know, if if I want to accidentally, like I wouldn't want to wear like a blue sweater that's the same blue as the jeans that I'm wearing. I'm, I don't like that. I don't like that kind of thing. So I wouldn't do that. But mostly what I wear, almost everything I have is either dark blue, gray, or black. I've got a couple exceptions. But that keeps it simple. Then everything matches. They all match the belt and the boots. You're done. You don't have to worry about it too much. But like if I was going somewhere nice, I have like a, like a, a nice, a few nice dress shirts that I could wear. I've got, you know stuff like that, that I could, that I could put on, but I'm fairly limited by living here in Texas because most of the time it's like really, really hot. So it's almost always like a t-shirt and jeans kind of weather here. So I don't get to wear the nicer shirts a lot, except in the winter. So, so the, I guess the, the last question is that the red wings seem to be somewhat of an outlier here. Yeah. Um, everything else that you've chosen to wear is, very utilitarian. Uh, there's a kind of price consciousness, mm -hmm. a sense that you're not going to spend extra money for something with a little bit of flash or flair. I, I might once in a while. I might once in a while. But, it, you know, my regular MO is, you know, get something to last a long time and be comfortable and look good. But these these boots, these mm -hmm. boots are expensive. Yes. And they are, uh, they are part of this... Um, this like uh, turning workwear into streetwear, mm -hmm. uh, sort of like contemporary meme, uh, fashion fashion movement, mm -hmm. workwear workwear into streetwear, and uh, and that seems a little bit of an outlier. I feel like I understand it, but why don't you explain it? I started wearing boots in high school. Um, I was. You have told me that I was not punk because I didn't enjoy getting uh, punched in the face in the mosh pit. But I listened, okay. I listened to punk music and definitely identified with a lot of the theories behind the punk rock movement, the angst, the frustration, the rebelliousness against authority, the distaste for conformity, the disappointment in the state of the world my peers, media, people over 30, etc. And the that angst drove me to go to the Army Navy surplus store and invest in a nice pair of combat boots, which I wore probably starting in like 10th grade and until I graduated and beyond and actually wore them out and got other pairs and I really really liked that. And when I was a bit older, I was old enough to afford a pair of actually really good boots. And that's when I learned about uh, Red Wing. And I actually later on met a guy who, uh, who ran, I think he owned it, but he was at least manager if he didn't own it, uh, the Red Wing store. 
And so I got very familiar with Red Wing. I really, really love their boots and I love the warranty on them. I love the way that they'll repair them if there's ever a problem. And, and, and you're, you're making an investment. I mean, they're designed to be resold if you run through the soles. They're, they're such high quality. And it was everything that I liked about the combat boots from when I was a kid uh, in, in this really high quality, well-made boot that's very versatile. You can wear it with a pair of jeans and a t-shirt. You can wear it. Uh, you can even dress them up a little bit. Maybe not with the maybe not with the cap toe on on that pair, but you can still dress them up a little bit. And so I had these for a long, long time, and they just last and they look great. And uh, and if you keep them nice, they can look new forever. So it's a really, really good investment. I mean, I don't, you know, a lot of people will wear a pair of sneakers, and I think you're going to pay between what I don't know, fifty and a hundred bucks for a pair of sneakers. They last you, yeah. They last you a season. And then they're worn out. They're all, you got to chuck them out. They don't last. Whereas these boots last the rest of your life. I don't probably ever need another pair of boots if I take care of these. Uh, Unless I want the brown ones. Everything else you're wearing is uh, is part of this thing you're saying that's not going to last. They're all going to just sort of get worn out. Yeah, eventually they will. They will. They're just sort of nothing, you know, stitched together by somebody in a... In a uh, in, in shop factory, or something, yeah, yeah. So, um, but that doesn't. So, yeah, that's just, not. A, that's not a rule. I'm not looking for stuff that's disposable. I'm looking for things that, you know, that will last. That will last a long time. Uh, and the boots. Ooh. The boots are something you can put on. You can wear every day. I mean, this this t-shirt's lasted me a long time. I think five years is a pretty good run. And it, it's. I would say it's not even halfway. Not even halfway gone. It's. It's in <laughs> good shape through its life. Yeah. Well, Dan, thank you so much for uh, for going through this with me. All of the the items that you're wearing, mm-hmm. um, I think it uh, it gives it gives a very a very good picture of um, of like where you're coming from. You didn't ask me about my is... my wallet at all. Oh, why don't you tell us about your wallet? See, how, how about we... your wallet, your watch, and your glasses? The... Why don't we go all the way? All right, the wallet falls into the category of something that needs to last forever or for a very very long time. Okay. And, and that means that, of course, it's a Velcro wallet. No, it's a Tanner Goods leather wallet that is the kind that has, it's got four slots on the outside for credit cards and ID and then the little middle thing, but it's not, it doesn't even fold. It's, it's like a front pocket wallet. That's what I'm using today. Um, I love this wallet. It was a gift. And uh, I've had it now for probably at least three or four years. It's got, it looks really worn and weathered and I absolutely adore this the stitching on it's great it's got the cool thing they do where they're bringing together the the two different pieces of leather where it's got uh the nice sort of uh seam that they put over it it's all in all it's really good so i love that one love that Mm -hmm. uh today because i've got a i've got to do a little out of town thing today i'm wearing uh my apple watch uh because i like when i'm uh, driving to have it tap me on the wrist when I need to turn or take an exit or something like that. So today I'm wearing that. Um, usually I, I, I wear, I would say I wear my Apple watch 50% of the time. Uh, and the other 50% of oh, the is time. That right? Yeah. And then the other 50% of the time I wear a Rolex Submariner with date. I've had this watch for a few years. I've told the story how I was able to afford such an expensive watch um, and I got it and I love it. And it's my all time favorite watch. And again, falls into the category of the boots in that 
I will have this for the rest of my life and I'll be able to pass it on to my children. And for, for all I know, they'll be able to pass it on to their children. That's my hope. And, uh, and I love that watch and it's my favorite, but I'm wearing this one because I have a, it has a specific job to do, uh, on this trip. So that's why I'm wearing this. Normally I wouldn't be wearing it. A lot of the time I'll wear it when I'm exercising. If I go to the gym or if I'm rowing, uh, I'll wear it. And sometimes I'll keep wearing it the rest of the day. Other times I'll put the, uh, the sub back on. Uh, but I love that sub. I, I love it the way I love the boots and the way I love the wallet. I love those things. And, um, and then that's it. Yeah. And glasses, you want to know what glasses are? All right. These are, oh wait, these aren't the, these are my old computer ones. Hold on. These are the good ones. They're Ray-Bans. And uh, let's see if I can read about them without my glasses on. It says RB52855082. Five, or is that an S? Five one. I feel like I'm at the doctor's office. Five one. And then it's got a, a little square box. And then it says 18. And then it says 135. And I've had these glasses for many, many years. And then when my vision changes, I just get new lenses put in them because the frames were so expensive, but they look good. They're good. So I've kept them and I just put new lenses in them when they need it. Mm -hmm. So I feel like you could ride a briefcase. Do you agree? I want to ride a briefcase. Yeah. And, and, and you could pull it off. I, I don't know I if I like, could pull it off, but I would want to try. I feel like in that outfit though, if you went by me on the street uh -huh. on your briefcase, I would go, mm-hmm. Right? Like I would say, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I bet you would. <laughs> uh, there's a guy. Yeah. There's he's a guy got his North Face jacket on or not. He's riding his briefcase, right? Like that, everything about your outfit uh, works. And, and I think probably the Heather sweater mm -hmm. with the black T-shirt under it, could it could communicate to people that it was more expensive than it is, right? It could... If you went zooming past me on some sort of uh, one-wheeled conveyance, I might think, oh, there goes a guy in a cashmere sweater. No, 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 no. Definitely not. No, any, so. any, no anyone would know this was a, a affordable sweater. And it, no, no one's fooled. No one's thinking this is even if you Even if you were moving fast? Yeah. It doesn't yeah. look like something a coach would wear, does it? A PE coach? Yeah. No. It's not athletic. Okay. It's not athleisure. I am, I am, I couldn't possibly be more opposed to athleisure. I think it is the downfall of civilization with no exaggeration. I think athleisure. I, I've never heard, I've never heard the word athleisure. Sure you Can have. Can you believe that? No. I don't think I have. I don't believe I have. Well, you know what it is from the, from the term, right? It's people who oh, wear athletic clothing during their leisure or work times. So this, this kind of, I think I think athleisure really was, I mean, it's definitely a recent trend, but it's been around for a long, long time. And I think it started, athleisure. yeah, I think it, I don't know where it started, but I, I, when I think of athleisure's beginnings, I think of two categories of, of clothing. For yeah. one, it would be women wearing like yoga pants, an exercise bra and an exercise top over it and sneakers, or as you would say, tennis shoes. And then mm -hmm. they're like going out to meet their friends after they do hot yoga. And, mm -hmm. and, and the kids are in school still. 
And so this mm-hmm. is what they wear around and they'll pick up the kids in this and then run some errands. Now, and, you know that I'm very, very pro yoga pants. I'm pro yoga pants too. Um, but athleisure as a whole, no. For the guys, I think it started with, I'm just going to wear a pair of basketball shorts today. Oh, see, now those, those guys should stay home. Yeah, I agree. Or they should, work, they should work exclusively in places where people don't have to see them. And I say that if you are listening to this program and are currently wearing basketball shorts, go home. Or I hope that you're home or are working someplace where no one can see you. Do not get onto an airplane in them. No. No. No, 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 no. No, no. So I think that's athleisure is that kind of thing. And then it kind of evolved to like, you've seen the guy who wears, like you were saying, a moisture wicking t-shirt to like when, when they're not exercising. See, I believe that if you have just gone to the gym, let's say the next stop is home to the shower or shower at the gym, even better. And, and the next stop is never, I'm meeting some friends now in the thing that I wore to work out. No, what's worse than that. What's worse than that is saying, you know what? I'm just going to put on the same thing that I would wear to a workout. I'm on my way to target. I'm just going to wear that. Or I'm going to go grab lunch with John. So I'm going to, you know what? I'll just put this stuff on. It's comfortable. I do not, I do not approve of that. I say no. We would like to say thank you very much to feels. I actually have my little bottle of feels with me right now in my bag because it's been a crazy stressful week. And you know what? That's exactly what CBD can help you with. If you haven't tried CBD, you might not know what I'm talking about. CBD is wonderful for helping you out with stress or anxiety or chronic pain or trouble sleeping. All of us go through these problems from time to time. Some of us have these problems all the time. CBD is amazing and feels CBD is even better. It is premium CBD that is delivered right to your doorstop. It naturally helps reduce stress, anxiety, pain, and sleeplessness. All of those things I get help from with feels, whether it's the kind of pain that, you know what, I just worked out really hard at the gym or I rode really hard today or whatever it was, that's called inflammation and CBD helps reduce that. It helps you sleep. It helps you so much with stress and anxiety. And the wonderful thing about CBD is that it works naturally to help you feel better. You don't get high from it. There's no hangover. There's no addiction. It's legal in all 50 states. There's a lot of confusion about what CBD is, and you get tons of companies out there. Every gas station has CBD in it now. Trust me, guys, that's not the kind of CBD that you want. You want CBD that is high quality, that is tested. You can go on the Feels website and learn about your specific batch of CBD, when it was made, how it was tested to make sure that it's legit, to make sure that it's pure. And you know what? You can call too. And I think they, yeah, they have text as well. Because the thing is, CBD is still kind of like a new thing. And it's important to get questions answered. That's the whole point of feels. And that's what makes them different. You go to their website and you can ask them questions and they will answer. You can call them on the phone and the real person will help you and say, oh, well, you know what? You should try this. And if you, if you just want to sample feels, they even have something called, they call it a little flight where they send you vials of it of different strengths and you can see which one is right for you. They've got this all figured out. It's all natural. And it, it really helps me feel my best every day. I think it might help you too. I'm a big fan 
of CBD and of feels. If you want to get on this bandwagon, it's feels, F-E-A-L-S, F-E-A-L-S, feels.com slash roadwork. You will get 50% off your first order with free shipping. And if you become a member, you will get 50% automatically taken off your first order with free shipping. So pretty good deal. Feels, F-E-A-L-S.com slash roadwork. Go there, check it out, and, uh, and do yourself a, a big favor and, and stop being so stressed. Thanks, Feels. Uh, but, but athleisure, your thing is not athleisure, but what I, what I'm asking is there's a look in San Francisco in particular. Mm -hmm. I, I, you see it all the time in the San Francisco airport where here comes somebody and they're dressed very casually. You look at them and you go, oh, here's just a casual guy, just Mm -hmm. a guy. He's a, he's in shape. He's got a, he's got a sporty haircut. And he's just like, he's just a guy on the weekend. Normcore. Just in his, just in his clothes. Normcore. And then as he, well, maybe. But as he gets closer, you realize like his shoes, his shoes are a little shiny for a guy that's just like, that's just cool in it. And then as he walks closer, you're like, now those are expensive shoes. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know what they are. I can't exactly tell what they are. They're not Grinsons. It's not like they have flair. They're just expensive. Sometimes they have a monk buckle. Sometimes they, um, you can just tell that they cost a lot of money. And then as he gets closer, you look at the shoes and you go, oh shit, those shoes cost a lot of money. We're not talking about like a $400 pair of expensive shoes. We're talking about a thousand dollar pair of shoes. And then you look at him again, you survey him now because you recognize like he's got a thousand dollar shoes on and you look up, but he's just a, he's just a guy in a sweatshirt and jeans. And then you see, oh no, wait a minute. That's not just a sweater from the gap. That's made of some kind of Merino mm-hmm. cashmere. Mm-hmm. Like that sweater is expensive. Whatever it is, it's very plain. It's not adorned. It doesn't have any, nothing about it says um, from a distance, Hey, here I come. But as you get closer, you realize that's a thousand dollar sweater, that sweater. And then you see, Oh, the jeans also are made out of some kind of fancy Japanese denim. This guy is broadcasting richness, Mm -hmm. but somehow has taken all of the normal coding around rich clothes away. He's put on a, what I would consider a completely false humility by wearing something that he would defend. If I sat next to him on, the air, on an airplane and I was like, hmm, what's the story with your clothes? Nice clothes. He would say, oh, I just, you know, just comfortable and practical. That's what I'm really looking for. You know, just something that I don't like to, I don't like to get all dressed up. I just trying to, you know, just, just comfortable and practical. And I would say, well, there's nothing practical about a thousand dollar sweater or a thousand dollar pair of shoes. They are, they are the very soul of impractical, although they're certainly performing well, you know, like they're doing a good job, but they're, there's somewhere between those and a gap sweater, right? There's a perfect place. There's a sweet spot of a sweater that is that is, that performs and is, is nice, right? Nice enough to wear on an airplane, let's call it. Mm-hmm. 
I think your sweater is probably plenty nice to wear on an airplane. Absolutely. I, I, I would definitely wear it on an airplane. But you know, you see these, uh, you see these people, these San Franciscans, like, did I ever tell you when, uh, when I was dating millennium girlfriend and mm-hmm. she was working for the Snapchat, uh, which I assume she still does. We were in New York for the launch of, uh, the Snapchat glasses. Oh yeah. And, uh, and they were opening, uh, it wasn't a storefront. They had one of those machines. The whole premise of Snapchat glasses was that they were going to have vending machines that sold you Snapchat glasses and they cost 300 bucks or something. Right, right. But they were going to put these vending machines in weird places, the middle of the Sahara Desert, and they were going to pop up. Vending machine was going to appear somewhere um, that you least expected it, under a stairwell, uh, around the corner from the Louvre, mm-hmm. or what, wherever. I don't remember all the places. But they were opening their New York vending machine. And here's mm-hmm. what they did. They rented... A, uh, an empty space, a big unfinished empty space across the street from the Apple store, uh, right up there by the Waldorf Astoria, you know, up by, up by Central Park. They rented a space. It was right next to the, um, to the Gurkha leather goods store. They're on whatever, 59th. And they put in the middle of this unfinished space one vending machine. And the the storefront had no signage of any kind. But um, the line they had uh, they had announced where it was going to be. And early in the morning, the line started to form and the line went around the block and down the street and around, you know, up through the Upper East Side. It went across the Triborough Bridge up into Queens, a very long line. People were waiting in the line all day and there were, um, there uh, there was this phenomenon that I think you don't see very many places, but but New York is one of those places where there were line holders, people that were being paid to wait in line all day. And as they got closer and closer to the front of the line, when they arrived at the front of the line, they would call you or send a message and they would say, I'm at the front of the line. And then you would come take their place. Uh, this is a, This was a service that you paid for. And then at a certain point, people in the line caught on to this. They said it was unfair. There was some protest that went on about these line placeholders. I think that you needed at, at one point yet you needed to prove that the glasses were for you somehow. They were not the glasses were non-transferable. Uh, at one point, I think Kanye had some people waiting in line for him to buy the glasses. Mm -hmm. Oh, the reason is that you weren't allowed to get, you weren't allowed to get, I think there was a limit. You could get two pairs. Maybe, uh, you couldn't buy four pairs, no matter how much money you had. They restricted you to two pairs. And so you went, you waited in this line. Then you went in the building. The line 
snaked around the building. Finally, you arrived at the machine that sat there in the center of the room with a light on it. You walked up, you put your credit card in. The machine had some kind of cutesy, cutesy pie interface. You put your money in and then the machine went kachunk and it dropped a, a pair of glasses in a, in, uh-huh. a, in a case. And the case, you could plug the case in and that's how you charge the glasses. And the glasses and the case were wonderful industrial design. They were, they were lovely things. And the, and the machine was too. Uh, I think the most famous, the most famous um, kerfluffle that happened was uh, a woman was a woman tried to line jump, and when she was stopped by security, of which there was a ton, she said, "Do you know who I am?" I am Mrs. Kolhan. It was either, yeah, it was Mrs. Han who was married to Kolhan. Something like that. Maybe it was Mrs. Kenneth Cole. Something to do with coal and shoes. And uh, this woman was the wife of the person who had made the shoe company. Uh, and it was a shoe company, I think like Cole Han, where this was the first any of us had ever considered that maybe that was actually a person's name. Like what? Cole Han is actually a person and this, and you're his wife. And she, she honestly felt that that level of celebrity entitled her to jump ahead of the, 2000 people waiting to get these glasses. Uh, and I think the reason I know all of this is that, uh, millennium girlfriend was the lawyer for Snapchat that was on site. And so she kept getting calls from people with questions like, what do we do? What do we do about this situation? What do we do about that situation? And, uh, and they were calling the lawyer rather than calling whoever it was that whose job it was to manage this clusterfuck. But Snapchat had uh, at this event, probably a hundred employees at least, you know, just like Uh people managing the line people, man, there were lot, there were, there were people standing there at the head of the line who walked you over to the machine and explained to you how to use the vending machine, mm-hmm. which well, it was a vending machine that was designed so that someone who found it in the Sahara could figure it out. Right. You walked up and the thing said, hello, would you like a, would you like the one item I sell? And you put your credit card in, and, but there was, there were still at least a couple of hand holders there that could, that would help you figure this out. There were lots of people there. Everyone had an earpiece and, um, and some kind of communication and they were all talking to each other. And, um, I remember getting a text from Matt Howie that day <laughs> yeah, where he said, I need a pair of those Snapchat glasses and I will pay any amount, <laughs> you know, because, because you couldn't buy them, right? You had to find one of these machines. 
and and there weren't they didn't have one in Portland or wherever Matt was and he was like you know get me a pair of Snapchat glasses I'll pay you ten thousand dollars and the even I a wife of Cole Hahn boyfriend of the lawyer right uh, was I, I could only get two. And when I showed up and looked at the machine and looked at my credit card there with my millennium girlfriend, we looked at each other and we could have gotten four of them. And we were like, hmm, I feel like I felt obligated to buy one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you had to at that point. Even though I've never, I never took them out of the box. They're still sitting on a, uh, in a box somewhere, in their box, in a box. And she looked at, at me and she kind of felt obligated to buy one, even though she'd been given a couple of pairs, tryout pairs. And we thought we could buy these extra ones. I could sell one to Matt Howie, but I don't want to, I don't want to buy an extra one of these. I mean, you know, you could just smell the, how dumb it was, but every single one of those Snapchat employees was dressed in a t-shirt and jeans. And all matching. It was a uniform. And I commented at one point to Millennium Girlfriend, like, T-shirt and jeans, huh? And they all have matching shoes. Like, seems uh, like it seems pretty sporty. And she said, the owner of Snapchat, who's also some Millennium mm-hmm. ding dong. Yeah. Uh, he wears that pair of jeans and t-shirt and those shoes. Those are his favorite clothing items. And the t-shirt is cashmere and the jeans are Japanese denim and the shoes are, I don't know what, some kind of stupid ass shoe. And she said he wanted all of the Snapchat staff globally who are public facing, who are standing next to this machine, explaining to people how to put their credit card in. He wanted them all to be dressed like him in his favorite clothes. And she said, that is a $600 t-shirt. And he paid to outfit all of these 20 year old, um, like line managers in this outfit that that all told probably was $1,500 a person or $1,800 a person to, to be in these fancy jeans and fancy t-shirt. And they looked like some, they looked like people that were working at the Gap. They had the same headphone set up, t-shirt and jeans. If you worked at the Gap, you would be better dressed, I think. Um, and it was at that moment that I realized that these were the end times. 